Welcome everyone to another week of the Culture Hour with Shelly Smith, that would be me, owner of Premier Rapport, and Elizabeth Valise, HR professional, that would be me. She was missing last week, but we found her. So uh, lucky for everybody watching and definitely lucky for our guest today, our very own local yokel, I will call him that, um, our Zach Miller. Zach Miller is, if you don't already know, he, he does a lot of things, but most recently, he is actually, uh, not recently, he is the founder of Hatch here in Virginia Beach, right? The location's in Virginia Beach. And he's also a soon-to-be, now he can call himself an author. He's in the midst of writing a book, which he's going to talk about today. And I love the title. It's called The uh, uh, Anomaly, which is the main title, How to Finally Stand Out from the Crowd. So I love that. And Zach, I love all your different postings that you do, talking about the social influence, the relationships, and Probably uh, from a, a woman perspective, Elizabeth is the most outspoken woman I've ever met. And I would think from the male perspective, I've heard some things come out of your mouth too. So <laughs> <laughs> with that be said. Well, what, did you, what did you hear about me? What have I said oh, no, that you This is why Zach and I get along because yeah. he's extremely outspoken, outspoken yes. as am I. Exactly. So I was like, wow, this could be quite the show today. So Zach, <laughs> let's start off by tell us about uh, the book, what it's about as a whole, and kind of how you began to even think about writing it, and, and then we'll go from there. Sure. So about six months ago, so August, September of 2017, I was reflecting on the better part of the last decade, basically. And I kept asking myself, like, what what are the questions that everyone is asking you over and over and over again? And the question was somewhere around, how do I stand out from the crowd? How do I be seen? I have this thing. I built this business. It's awesome, but no one knows about it. Yeah. I said, hmm, that's really interesting. So the same question is basically happening over and over again. I've answered that questions on webinars like this, in educational seminars, in big events, in videos, but never in one kind of like bound book, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I hate writing. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically like, okay, the next step is this, like compile all this into one thing. And it was like, huh, that's interesting. Like, what could it be? And it, should it be a book? I don't know. So uh, I had the idea, like, this is the question that everyone's asking, but I need to figure out what kind of medium I'm going to produce this on. And I created a Google document and it basically was just called book. <laughs> and I kind of sat on it for a few months and just started writing like little things like, okay, here's an out, like a basic outline. And I, I have all this material already done, but not in one place. Remember? So this is a decade's worth of work that I'm basically just copying and pasting in, into one document. Yeah. So then I, I get married in October of 2017 and I come back and I'm like, okay, Let's start thinking about this a little bit more. And so I look at my creative director and I say, hey, let's think of a name. And he's like, okay. I'm like, I want to do a one word name that's something weird and stands out and is funky. And he is a member of this word of the month or word of the day, like email subscription where every day they'll send him a new word and <laughs> define it and explain it. And three days before the word was anomaly. And he's like, what do you think about the word anomaly? And I was like, I love it. I'm an anomaly. Like, this is great. Like, 
I don't, I've never used that word in, in any of my language before, but I was like, oh, I love this. And so I was like, okay, cool, it's great. Then I go and say, let's, let's put together a cover, put together a cover. I still don't have any of this written. Um, and then we just started like piecing it kind of together. Uh, and then I showed a couple friends and they were like, okay, this makes sense. Um, maybe you should do it. Then I met with a publisher. We agreed on a deal. And then I guess I decided to start writing. Um, but the answer is basically, it was the same question everyone was asking me. Yeah. And I wanted to put it together. And yeah. I decided that maybe this was the next thing. And something that I learned in this whole process. So I also have a podcast where I interview other people, I guess similar to me, that are doing really interesting things. And this one person who's an author, his name's Jason Vitug. I believe it's him who said this. He's like, you know, author comes from the word authority. And I was like, huh, that's, did you guys not know that? No. It's so weird. You're like, oh, it's, so I'm like, I'm basically trying to become the authority in this thing of answering the, how do you basically become the anomaly? How do you be seen? Oh, I guess this is what I have to do. Love it. So. Uh, that's awesome. There's the 45 minute version of how it happened. Well, <laughs> the, the, um, um, if you guys didn't see it, the Kickstarter that you did around this, um, when you, when you first sort of started announcing it, the video was hilarious, which goes to everything that you do. I have to say, and, and the Kickstarter is over, so you can't go back, but maybe you need to do something with this video. For those of you who don't know Zach or never seen Zach on Sunday mornings or out and about, he never has on a suit. I've never seen you. And I don't even know if you own a suit, you know? You're kind of like the Zuckerberg. Yeah, when I saw him in a suit going to uh, um, do his hearings, I about fell out that he had on a suit. And I thought the world was crumbling yesterday. At any rate, Zach opened up this Kickstarter video and he's in a building and in a suit. And I, I'm scrolling through and I was like, wait, what? So I had to look at it. And then, of course, a few seconds later, you, you know, you yeah. rip out of the suit. And I just thought it was hilarious. So, you know, love that. But um, I, wrote, I actually produced that. Like, I, I wrote that. I was proud of myself for writing that. I was like, we have to do something that makes people shocked. And, anyone that, and people yeah. that I didn't know, they're like, oh, here's this. Here's another clown in a suit trying to sell me something. And then, so for those of you guys that are listening, basically, I'm in a suit. I say, uh, I have an important message in a really annoying voice, like really boring and stale. <laughs> and I'm wearing a suit that I kind of own, but I don't, I, I do own a suit, I guess. Um, and then I basically go to like TV bars, which are like the weird TV bars are like beep. Like there's, we interrupt this message for an important okay. message. And then I go, actually, here's me in my black t-shirt. And then I do the whole thing like that. Are you trying but, to be Simon Cowell too? Trying to be no, Snuffer, I, Simon Cowell? I, don't know. I, I just learned that early on, like I want to be me. And I think that's important. And I don't care how popular, famous, influential with people that I don't want to change who I am just because I, you know, walked up another step on, on the ladder. And I think people go spastic barking. Everybody, the audience, I'm sorry. Oh, I got a dog too. He does that every time, but he's sleeping right now. There it goes. But you know what? There's nothing the matter with that, right? That is life. We try and hide life. Okay. So we're not going to hide life, but we're going to let so, the dog out. So, so let me, so let me jump in there. Let me jump yeah. in there, Zach, because this is one of the things that I was immediately uh, taken aback with when I met you at Shropshire. That's actually where you and I met. Yep. And it's interesting. I have um, 
I've, you know, climbed the corporate ladder. I went into consulting for a couple of years and then, you know, life threw me a couple of curveballs, and I, I had to kind of jump back into uh, corporate America per se. And I try to meet every new hire that my company brings on board. I think it's really important that the executive people, you know, go in and talk to our new people about why, why am I here? Why did I choose this organization? What is my why, right? I'm a big Simon Sinek fan, huge Simon Sinek fan. And I always talk to people about, you know, it's really interesting. I am a vice president and I actually don't like being an executive. And I don't like being an executive because there's these expectations on what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to act and what you're supposed to say and what you're supposed to wear. And I, and I tell people, I hate wearing the suit. I, they're, they're restricting, they make me itch. Like I, I almost have like an allergy to them. Right. And, and I, and I, and you will see me in the office and I am never wearing a suit right now. I, it's frowned upon to show up in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. Although if given the choice, my man, you and I would have the same wardrobe. Okay. But it's true, you know, life happens. And, and why do we feel in the world of business that we have to give up our identity, who we are in order to succeed or in order, here's the worst part, to be taken seriously. I would love to get your perspective on that because that ties completely into culture, completely. Yeah. So at first, I think you have to really understand who your true customer is. Is your customer really looking for you in that kind of experience that you look super polished? In some instances, I think that is the case, right? But oftentimes, I think it's just we're trying to impress this person and they don't necessarily, they aren't necessarily looking to be impressed by that thing. And so I've always thought that I want to be known for what I do, not how I look. And I think too many people are like, Oh, like, and I get this all the time. I did a speaking gig last week and the person's like, oh, you're wearing a collar. I wore a polo shirt. And I'm like, yeah, but you remember me. And, and so it's just like these like social matters don't really matter. Like who cares what someone looks like, right? We talk about like the whole bullying of the world and people need to act this certain way. It's like, no, you can be professional without looking professional. And I just think that the status quo of, of, looking a certain way or acting a certain way is wrong. And I think that you can make a big impact without having to look like everyone else. And so I think even in, in the video, uh, the Kickstarter video, it was, if you walk into a networking event and everyone looks the same, how are you gonna stand out, right? If you're filling out a resume and everyone does the exact same resume, how are you gonna stand out? And so it doesn't have to be close, right? It could be with customer service, right? Chick-fil-A's, you know, Chick-fil-A and McDonald's are basically the same restaurant. People would, would yell at me for saying that. But when you think of Chick-fil-A, you think of amazing customer service. When you think of McDonald's, you think of really negative experience and poor customer service. And so you can change who you are. You can be the anomaly in different sectors of your life. It could be clothing, it could be physical, it could be online, it could be customer service, whatever. It's just, I think that whatever that status quo is, shouldn't necessarily be the status quo. And a lot of these rules were written decades ago 
and don't necessarily make sense. I mean, if you never see your customers because you're behind the, uh, the internet, basically, why shouldn't you wear your pajamas all day, right? When I wrote the book, when I wrote Anomaly, I'd say 90% of the time I was in slippers and like gym shorts. I was comfortable. Like, what? don't you want the people who are going to be going to battle for you being comfortable? Yeah. I just think like, if someone is making a decision because someone's wearing a nice suit, is that the right decision? Like, I don't know. Like, I would question that. And I just think that a couple of things that I, I, I thought of here is like, when you're talking about employees, like, first of all, we don't own them. Right. right? We don't own them. We might be like, I don't know, renting them and what their skills are. But like, we want them to, we should be hiring them to help us do the tasks that we can't do. And if we put them in an uncomfortable situation, how do we anticipate to get really strong results? You shouldn't. They're going to start hating going to work every day. And then Elizabeth, you were talking about a little bit, but like, what are their life goals? Like, what do they want to do in life? Right. I've had a big team. I've had a small team, not a big team. I've had a, a handful of people on my team at times, smaller at times. And I always tell them, I'm like, Hey, I don't know how long we're going to have you, but I want to help you get to where you want to get to in life. And hopefully I'll be a good memory in that whole process. And so every, every few months I'm constantly asking them like, Hey, like not only are you happy, but like, what are your goals? What do you want to do? Like, let's help you get there. Like we don't own these people. Like, I don't, I don't know why people think capital, they don't. Which is why yeah. I hate that word. Yeah. Well, but we're all humans. We are, but we're not capital. Not, not in that, not in that literal, you know, sense, sense of the word. I think a lot of this has to do with the changing of the guards from uh, generations and what the expectations were, you know, going back to sure. kind of those boundaries. And I think that those are good changes that are happening. I know my 20 and 21 year old are constantly having conversations about um, what do they wear when they go to an interview and, and, you know, why do they have to do this and why do they have to do that? And, and why can't they just talk to me? And, and I, it's, it's happening. I just think it's little by little happening. I mean, I think about my Marriott days of we could only have an earring. I mean, this is too big. You know, when I started Marriott, they could be pin sizes. You could only have, you know, one, ring per finger, um, certainly the thought of, you know, tattoos, the guys of their short hair, but all of that stuff has changed. And so little by little, it's changing along with the attire. I mean, you definitely see a difference in attire, um, um, even in corporate America businesses. Now, obviously, there's still the traditional piece, but that's going to change really quickly when the senior executives go ahead and succession plan out because, when the the uh, generation X and younger get in charge, we're not as, you know, held on that. I, I guess. I, I was at an event. I was at an event last week, and um, it was a startup event. So a couple hundred people were there. Uh, uh, someone came up to me and goes, "You must know what you're doing because you're the only one in a t-shirt." <laughs> See? <laughs> See? See? It's true. It now gives a different perception. It's somebody trying too hard. Yeah. They're just, hey, I'm here. Take it or leave it. I know what I'm doing. I've got my, my. I don't care what you wear. I don't care how you do your hair. I don't care what you do. You do you. I'll do me. I'm not going to judge a book by its cover. I'm going to figure out like what you're good at. And that's what should matter. Period. So that's really interesting because I've, um, I do a lot of executive coaching as does Shelly. And it's so sad that we do live 
in a world, in a society where you are judged immediately by what you're most often by what you're wearing, right? So I'm going to um, a state conference uh, for Sherm. I go almost every year in Virginia. And I am probably um, asked all the time, what are you taking? What are you going to wear? Uh, jeans and a blouse and walking shoes because the homestead in Hot Springs is pretty big and I'm going to probably be logging 20,000 steps every day, if not more. And I get this question a lot, oh, you're not going to wear a suit? Why on earth would I wear a suit? First of all, I hate suits. Anybody who knows me knows that about me too. But I am there to learn. I am there to, to enhance my skill set. There is this hang up about if you're not wearing a suit, if you don't have the right kind of makeup on, God forbid you have a tattoo of which, by the way, world, I have two. Third one is coming, right? Like there is this hang up and I, I, who came up with these rules, right? Zach, you said these rules, these, these standards are decades old. They are. They are from the old IBM days of you've got to wear a blue or a black suit and it has to be, and it has to be a three-piece suit with a tie. And I would like you to comment on, is this actually generational? Because I know people who are in their 60s who are like, you couldn't pay me enough money to get into a suit, right? Is it industry? Is it really about the customer? And is the customer right in expecting that? What, what are your thoughts around that, Zach? So I don't, I don't think it's generational because I think that people that are my age think that I look like an idiot and that um, they're like, why aren't you in a suit? Do this. So I, I, I think it does, that is not, I actually don't think that's going to go away. I think that people are going to think that you still have to dress to impress, right? I think, honestly, it's who, who cares what other people think, right? And that's, that's where we need to get to is um, we as a society have started to care about other opinions that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things, right? So if you go and hold the door for someone and they don't say thank you, is that really something to worry about, you know, over the coming days, right? If someone comments and says, well, you're not wearing a suit, do we really need to worry about what that person thinks? And so we live in this life where we believe that we're supposed to care about what every single person thinks about us. And I don't think that's necessarily right. Um, you should care about the people. Again, if, if, if I'm going to a bank, maybe I want that banker to be in a suit, right? Maybe. But it's just, it's perceptions that, oh, this is, we, this is the way it was. So this is the way it needs to be, right? When I started my TV show, people were like, um, why aren't you wearing a suit? Because that's not me. And again, I'm getting to that next level on that ladder. And if honestly, and I'll say this, and I tell them, tell them this all the time, they tell me I need to dress up. I quit. I, like, I don't, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm not changing who I am because someone wants me to be someone else. Mm -hmm. And I agree with all of that, but, but I, I do think we have to choose our battles because everybody cannot, um, everybody cannot live that, uh, free. I mean, again, my 20 year old and 21 year old 
you know, I'm hounding them to get a job and I'm not asking them to lose who they are, but they need to get a job. And if that requires that you put on something a little bit different, it's not going to kill you. You're not going to lose who you are. So I, I sure. think that there's, um, there's uniforms for everything, right? This is my uniform. There you go. Right. Yeah. If I'm go. going, if I'm going to the Mac shack or the BK lounge, like I'm expecting those people to basically be wearing all the same thing. Right. It can be a little flared up a little bit, but like figure out what that uniform is for you. Right. Yeah. For me, it just happens to be this, right. For someone else, it might be something different. Um, I, I, I do think there's a time and place to, to be comfortable though. And, and if, yes. if people are expecting you to look a certain way, like maybe you should look that other way. But in my world, I guess I can get away with this. Now my wife doesn't necessarily love it and that's fine, but. Well, and it goes to, I don't mean to cut you off Elizabeth, but it does go to the fill of a culture also. So depending on, I mean, I think we all agree that when we have jeans, sweats, leggings on, we are comfortable in general and we're going to feel a different way versus if we're in our Sunday best and, um, or if we're going to a wedding or if we, whatever, it does make you feel differently, which does have an impact on the workplace culture itself and how we show up and how we interact. Yeah. Well. So, uh, and also remember like my big, my big thing is making people stand out and be seen. Right. right? right. And so, you sometimes have to do that and be a little weird and kooky. And like, I remember I was, I was in like a drive through the other day and this guy's car was like ridiculous with all these stickers and everything. I was like, you know what? Like that's him. Like that's let that. And that's his uniform in that case, right? Like he's getting himself out in that kind of way. It might be tattoos or whatever it might be, but like, I don't know. Like I think people are, are so afraid to be themselves. And I believe we're now in a world where you can be more like yourself why not express that in the ways that you feel comfortable with? So let me, let me take us in a slightly different, but not really, and actually really related to what I'm thinking your book is going to be about. So we all, I think we have all agreed, you are going to judge a book by its cover, right? And you are saying, be you. You be you, I'll be me under the right circumstances that's the way we should be. When you coach other business or, uh, owners, other executives, what is the best advice that you can give someone to be that anomaly, to be the person that stands out in the crowd? Because when I coach, especially college uh, adults, right? Uh, college kids, young adults, and they say to me, Elizabeth, how do I how do I get out there? How do I land that first job? You know, I always say to them, Zach, it's actually not what you know. And then they immediately jump and say, it's who you know. And I go, no, it's not. It's who knows who you are and what value you can bring to them. That's the advice that I give people. Talk to me about what do you tell people? How do you stand out and be you at the same time? So the first thing I would say is like understand what you actually love and make sure that that is what you're trying to do. And I do believe that people should be doing the things that they love. They love yeah. Right. It might not be, Oh, I want to be an NBA athlete. 
that might that you might love basketball, but you might not have enough skills or height or, or whatever to become that. So maybe you have to become some sort of other position in a locker room on an NBA team in the league, et cetera. Right. Um, so first make sure you're doing what you think you love. Right. That would be the first thing I say. Um, then try to really figure out who your target customer is in demographics that are not your status quo. So yes, you can look at age, sex, race, whatever. I think you have to look at deeper things like where do they hang out? What are they liking on Facebook? What kind of beer do they drink? Do they have a dog? What type of cat do they have? Where are they going on vacation? Do they talk like, uh, how do they talk? Are they talking like you talk to your grandma or are they talking like they talk to you, you know, you like your, their homeboy, right? That's where you're gonna find that person and when your voice matches theirs, that's where you can really figure out who your kind of target customer is. Um, and then when you're like trying to find that first job or any job, I don't think we leverage our milestones enough to get us the credibility that we already have. Here's a, here's a quick example. I like that. Uh, about a decade ago, I was a swim coach for a summer swim team and I've kept in touch with a few of my swimmers um, who are now basically graduating college. And one of them, her name's Caroline Brandt, she was on LinkedIn and her LinkedIn said, she's getting a journalism degree from James Madison University. She might've already graduated or will be graduating in like a month. And she says her um, LinkedIn headline is, uh, looking for entry level job after graduating college, right? Seems like what a lot of people would write. And so I, I messaged her, I'm like, do you want some honest feedback? Like, no, everyone's looking at you as a rookie but you have four years of experience, you've won awards, you've worked in markets, figure out a way to frame that to say like award-winning journalists looking to you know, further a career. It should, you've already done these things, you're just not leveraging your wins to get you that next win. It doesn't mean starting a business, growing a business, it could be um, looking to get another, um, to be hired at a different place, to get, um, I forget what they're even called at this point, to get um, a raise, to get into a different position. Um, raises, you know, you own your own business. Promotion. You get like these things, a promotion, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for a promotion for my own business. I'm already CEO, I don't know what's next. Um, but you can use that whole thing. And so I love that. leverage it. And even if it happened 20 years ago, but it's something that you can associate to a big brand. Relevant. Yeah. I love it. We have gone much longer than we normally do today, which is a good thing because um, it was a great conversation. But I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up All and right. actually love the question that you ask Elizabeth to get that uh, frame that you just put, uh, Zach. And I love that owning your milestone, using your milestone, uh, leveraging. I think that's what it was. Leveraging your milestone. Love that. Love that. Love that. You, yeah, man, you, you know, you need to write a blog about that. That was a good one. It's, it's not in the book. It's in the book. <laughs> it's in the book. <laughs> um, so Zach Miller, we thank you. How can people find you or how do you want them to find you? All right. So they can email me at Zach, Z-A-C-K. If you spell that wrong and add an H instead of a K, it will still work. But I might look... I might think about you in a little different kind of way at startwithhatch.com. It's S-T-A-R-T with W-I-T-H. Then another H, A-T-C-H.com, Zach at startwithhatch.com. You can also check out the book there and then a million other places as well. You know, just, just 
type in on Google like Zach Miller, most interesting man in the world, and hopefully I'll pop up. <laughs> Are you going to be the KFC guy soon too? You know, oh like, god, that'd be a, that, that would be hilarious. Yeah, that would be hilarious. That's your next spoof video, Zach. So you're making. Yeah, that would be very. It's seriously. That's your next. That's your next spoof video. Yeah. So that would be pretty good. Say, I am going to. I wonder if I'm allowed to do that. I don't know, but who cares? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. um, so uh, here's another way that you can find Zach Miller. Um, Zach is going to be one of our presenters at the uh, Peninsula uh, Sherm Strategic Leadership Conference. In September, we are so excited to have you as one of our speakers. I can't even tell you how excited I am um, uh, that we are going to get to host you at one of our um, You can go on, if you Google uh, Peninsula Sherm, you will find our website and you will be able to register for the conference there. Um, but Zach, I, I can't even tell you how excited I personally am as the chapter president that you are going to honor us with with being a speaker at this conference because I saw you at Disrupt HR and I I can't wait I can't wait why are you laughing did he back out because I will hurt you Zach if you backed out okay because we're taping Zach hold that um, hold that uh, so my name is Shelly Smith and you know my jam is all about culture matters and that is Zach Miller and we're going to put all of the information um, on this taping as well. And so I'm signing out. Peace out. You guys want to sign out? Peace out. Elizabeth Valise. Talk to you soon. Bye. Later. Thank you for joining me and another guest for the Culture Hour. If you want to go back to past episodes, make sure you follow the podcast on any of your favorite apps and devices. If you're looking for a daily dose, a little short snippet, then all you need to do is hop over to the other podcast called Your Morning Commute. Thank you again for tuning in. If you're looking for questions, other speakers, more topics, by all means, reach out. Shelly at premierreport.com. Remember, culture isn't built in a day. Culture is built every day. Are you spending your money and your time and energy on repairs? Or are you spending your time and your energy defining and maintaining? Be safe out there.